Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson, with his wife, Carlotta, and daughter, Anna Miller. So listen up, because the doctor is in. Welcome to More Than Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Jackson, bringing to you biblical insights and stories from the country doctor's rusty, dusty scrapbook. Well, I have a very special guest in the studio with me today. It's my very precious daughter, Rachel Olson. She's here all the way from Alaska. She's visiting the family from Alaska with her husband, Trevor, and their three precious children, my grandchildren. So, Miss Rachel, welcome to More Than Medicine. Hi, Dad. Thank you. Thank (laughs) you for having me. I'm so happy to have you, darling. Now, listen, we we talked about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, about the ministry that you have in Alaska with uh, foster children. And I want to update the my listening audience about the ministry that you have there. Now, so first of all, I want to ask you to to tell them once again, how in the world did you get started ministering to foster children? Of course, I'm happy to share. Wow. Uh, A decade ago, I was uh, in politics and quickly realized that my husband uh, was not interested in being involved in politics, although he very much values the importance of voting and learning about the candidates. Um, But after that political campaign that I was the co-campaign manager for, we sat down together and we, we asked the Lord, what is it that he has put on both of our hearts that we could go after together? Because bless his heart, he sure married a woman of action. <laughs> I quickly learned that. Well, the apple didn't fall far from the tree, did it, so darling? So true. So <laughs> true. Uh, so we, after that, um, prayed and realized that the one thing that God had put on both of our hearts was a passion and compassion for the fatherless, the orphan, and of course in the United States, that's our children in the foster care system. And so we got licensed as foster parents, and we have fostered over 35 youth in the uh, in state custody since then. That's amazing, Rachel. 35 children. I didn't know it was that many. I knew it was a, a, a passel of them, but I didn't yes. know it was that many. Uh, we have taken in children and teens from the age of 18 months to 19 years old. Um, some of them were just quick emergency stays. Some were, can you help us out every other weekend? And then others we've had full time, um, for as long as three years. Man, man, oh man. Well, I've been in your home and I have seen your home on the weekends where you have, I'm, I'm serious, four or five foster children at a time. We do take in sibling groups, too, and we absolutely love them. They're some of our favorites. Um, we we have one sibling group, like 18 months to 10 or 11 years old, and we'd have eight, nine kids in the home on the weekends with our three biological children I <laughs> and, know, then I the, know. and then the extras. Now, now, sometimes these are native Alaskans, right? They are. Mm-hmm. We've, in fact, that sibling said I was just talk, referring to is an Alaska Native. How about that? Siblings. Yeah, and they're sweet kids. Let me tell you, they're just adorable they, kids. They have the most chubby cheeks. I uh. love their chubby cheeks. <laughs> well, and and so so you ended up starting a ministry um, for 
foster kids back uh, a number of years ago. And what was it called? Yes. So the same time we became licensed foster parents for the state of Alaska, we also started a ministry for more foster children because we realized we could only take in two children at a time in our home, and yet there were so many more youth and children in need in our community that we wanted to support however we could. So we started 10 years ago with um, a ministry called Royal Family Kids, Some of you may have heard about it before. They are a national organization. I believe they're in all 50 states, and they're in multiple countries internationally. Um, They started as a summer camp for children in foster care, and um, we we just launched that locally in our community in our very first year, 2014. We had 37 children in state custody come, and about 60 volunteers helped run that week-long program. So, so that was just a summertime one week. It yep event. started with just a one time so week one week of the summer. Um, but let me tell you that first week changed our lives and the volunteers that were working alongside of us. We were in tears by the end of that week, seeing so many of the faces of these children that that were in need and had had not known healthy and loving family. Our hearts were just grabbed, and many of us were by the end of the week, just reduced to tears mm. and, and felt an urge in our hearts, we have to do more. What what more can we do? And what more did y'all do over time? So about every other year, we have launched a new program on behalf of the, the at-risk youth in our community. Um, we started a mentoring program. We started a monthly club program. Um, we started a teen program. Um, so that one week, we were able to expand beyond the summer and provide a mentoring program throughout the school year, provide a monthly club once a month to reconnect, reconnect those volunteers, reconnect the children. Um, and they, they all, we all just all loved getting back together and then having that one-on-one relationship where they could continue to build into that child's life and support them. And then, of course, the children themselves became older, and some were aging out of the younger program at age 11. And so we were then, of course, well, what do we do now? We have to stay in touch with our teens. We love them. So we started a teen program and now have um, not only a teen program, but um, several six teens that are coming back to serve with us for the younger program. So they went through the younger program, graduated, and now are in the teen program and coming back to serve our younger kids. How about that? And How about just, that? And that's is. amazing. It is. It is. And then the last thing that we've done most recently uh, is begin counseling services. So we're doing um, as much healing work as we can to support them in their journey in life. So so I imagine a lot of these children do have a lot of hurt and a lot of woundedness because of their disrupted family life and and you know I as a physician I I see children who come from foster care and orphanages and um and there's a lot of drug abuse, a lot of alcohol abuse, a lot of divorce and so these these children face a lot of, of broken homes and as they say the children are the broken pieces when it comes to divorce and, and drugs and alcohol. And so, uh, you know, people always want to say children are resilient, and, and to a certain extent they are, but they also carry a lot of woundedness, uh, anger, 
uh, bitterness and unforgiveness for a lifetime. How, how do y'all address all that, Rachel? Ah, uh, wow. Yes, we have seen a, a lot of hurt. We've seen a lot of anger, a lot of sadness, um, but are amazed at the children's resilience. And we feel that part of our job is giving them hope, giving them joy, giving them love. They need to experience love. They need to experience joy. And they need to have hope, hope for their future, that it's going to be better than the past. And uh, we introduce them to a loving father. Um, we, our, our Heavenly Father. Yes, to our Heavenly Father because He cares for them. And they choose to follow Him. He'll, they have, he has a purpose for their lives. And that's part of your programming. Yes. Uh, is, is that a, is that a, a difficult part, or is, or is that easy for y'all to include in your programming? Um, we, for example, this fall and spring are focusing on the fruits of the spirit, which are um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self control. We're teaching those values and attributes to the children. They need to know those mm-hmm. and and then share that this is the heart of God. This is the character of God, and He wants us to have these fruits welling up inside of us. They'll be kind and gentle to one another and not hurt one another as they have experienced in their past. Mm-hmm. Now, your, your organization is a, is a private organization. Is there any limitation on your or ability to, to speak freely about the gospel? We work with children that are in state custody, and in no way will we proselytize, which means forcing our faith, but that is not our heart to force anything at all. It's mm-hmm. it's up to the child. Um, we will share um, and introduce, but it's completely up to the child if they want to learn more and ask I questions. You. I get you. I get you. Well, now, well, share share with my my listeners some of the stories. Well, well let me ask you another question. Now, I understand that you. You, your organization has sort of segued into a different name or a different organization over the last couple of years. Yes, we outgrew Royal Family Kids. Um, and I encourage you, if you are interested in supporting foster children in any way, look up Royal Family Kids in your state. Most likely they're already there and have um, running some kind of support for the kids there with the summer camp, mentoring club. Look, look, look it up. Yep, they are in South Carolina. I have looked yep, them up. They yep. are here, yes. There's one or two here, I believe. Um, but because we kept adding program after program, we did have to have a name change, and be, we became a 501c3 and chose the name REACH907. Um, 907 is your area code. Yes, REACH is an acronym, and 907 is the area code for the entire state of Alaska. So it's a bit of a play on words, REACH 907, but then um, the acronym stands for Restoring, Empowering Alaska's Children and Homes, which is Uh absolutely the heartbeat and DNA of who we are, who God made us to be. Um, Our calling is to restore and empower. I got you. I got you. All right. Well, now, when you when you expanded your programming, what what did you add more than what Royal Family Kids had? We added in more mental health services, mm-hmm. um, behavioral health, and um, even some substance use services for those struggling with addiction. Um, 
And you had to hire staff that were trained yes. for that purpose? Yes. We mm-hmm. have uh, therapists and clinical staff that work directly with the youth and the families on an ongoing basis, which honestly was my dream for years to be able to work daily um, with people f- with for this effort and to see them daily helping the children and families to be restored, to be healed, to be empowered. Mm-hmm. And so I just I just love it, very passionate about my work, and um, very thankful to have staff that are able to work alongside me every day now to to deepen the work that we're doing. Now, now are you a full-time director now or part-time? I am. Full-time. I am. Full-time director now. My, and how many staff do you have? We have... One, two, three, four, and looking to hire a fifth. That's amazing, Rachel. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm amazed. What, you know, what is y'all's annual budget now? Our annual, annual budget is around 600000 That's mean Y'all have an annual fundraiser, and you get money from, we, from grants? We do. A large portion of our funding comes from grants um, from funders in the community that uh, value our work and support our work um, tremendously. And in the community, the community supports our work um, through our fundraiser, um, an annual auction that we have. And then throughout the year, we'll have people that give us $10,000. And um, it's just amazing how God provides. And then, of course, with the counseling, we're able to reach into some insurance revenue as well, mm-hmm. which is well ra- helping us round out our revenue streams. I got you. All right. Now, I want my, my listeners to hear some of the stories, some of the children that you minister to, because it, it, it grips my heart when I hear these stories. So you, you share with my listeners some of the children that you've you've ministered to. I'm been debating which one to share, but I'll start with one that is a, a sweet Alaska native boy. Um, for confidentiality, I'll call him Josiah. Uh, Josiah came to us, a family, um, well, sorry, his siblings came to us. They were in foster care, and they've recently been adopted by their aunt, which we love being able to stay with them after they're adopted as well. Uh, he had never been swimming. He uh, went to the pool with us and first refused to get in the water, and then one of our council, uh, volunteers uh sat down next to him and invited him to come in just four inches of water. And through that encouragement, Josiah sat down in the water. And in just like a few minutes, the the volunteer encouraged him, come on, let's come into deeper water. And by the end of our time together that day, they were in four feet of water. He was teaching them how to swim and throwing a ball back and forth. In the water. And how old a guy was Josiah? Oh, man, he was 11 or 12. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, and had never been in the pool, never been swimming. And so those are some of the fun things that we get to give the children these new experiences and help develop their confidence and often skills. Yeah. Basic life skills. Now, your your summer camp is at a lake every summer. Is that right? It is. Uh-huh. It is. And that's sometimes the first time the children have been swimming or canoeing or kayaking or paddle boating. Uh, yeah. And so we just, it's, it's joy to us to be able to give them joy. Uh-huh. Um, but that's not the end of the story with Joseph. So, uh, sorry, Josiah. <laughs> He's adopted now, so I think it's actually fine. Um, <laughs> Josiah um we were sitting all together as a group and asking them what do you want to do in life 
how can we support you in your dreams for your future? Um, and so we went around the circle, we got to Josiah, and he said, I want to be a neurosurgeon, which really surprised us. That's not something we normally hear. A bit. And so <laughs> we we were um, thrilled to hear that, and okay, how can we support you? And we found out that he is making straight A's in school, he is working hard, um, and we had an opportunity to send one of our youth to shadow the governor for a day in Juneau, Alaska. And knowing uh, Josiah and his heart and his aspirations in life, we picked him to go. Actually, a donor at our fundraiser last year donated for one of our youth to be able to go spend the day with the governor. And so we told Josiah and his family, and he and his aunt were so excited for this opportunity for him. Yes, they were so excited. And so we connected them with the governor, and it's actually the governor's office staff, and they are arranging, I actually believe it's this month, for him to go down and shadow the governor. How about that? But I just love the opportunities that we're able to give these kids when we we step into their lives and Uh get to know them. Oh, that's amazing, Rachel. You're going to have to tell me later now how that turns out for him. Yes. <laughs> you tell me later. I want to know. Yes. Well, tell me another story. Tell me some more. Um, another story. This summer, we had a young man, Paxton. Um, we celebrate all the kids when they come in, and a lot of the kids have never been celebrated. And so we actually have all our volunteers line up, and when kids come in, we announce their name over the big microphone, and they hear their name over <clears throat> the system. Uh-huh. And then the volunteers cheer and clap as they come in. And we have kids that are just, you know, the eyes are so big and wide and amazed. I'm like, what? This is for me? This is for me? Like, I'm somebody special? I matter? And we love doing that. Um, anyways, uh, Paxton, he had an amazing week. Uh, the chi- All the children typically do. Um, but at the end of the week, we give every child... S- not only a, a huge birthday party, we give all the children a birthday party to celebrate them and a gift, but we also give them a photo album of them and their week at camp. And so Paxton is looking through his photo album, picture after picture, and he's seeing how he came in so serious and uncertain. And he's as he's flipping timid. through, yeah, timid, he sees himself changing as he's looking through the pictures and like, He's smiling, and, you know, by the end, he's just laughing and having such a great time, and he sees this transformation in himself, and he looks up at his camp counselor and said, you really do love me. God really loves me. You taught me that here. And the counselor then had the opportunity to um, ask him, would you like to get to know your Heavenly Father more and ask him into your life? And Paxton said, yes, I would. And um, through tears, Paxton uh, was in tears, his counselor was in tears, and somebody else that? came over and saw what was happening, and Paxton prayed to um, ask Jesus into his heart Amazing. and give his life Amazing. to the Lord. That's yeah. life transformation. Mm-hmm. Amen. That'll, mm-hmm. And that'll change his life forever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tell me more. Tell me more. My, yeah, my listeners back. want to hear more. He's coming back this fall. I love, just love seeing them come back after we've had an amazing summer together. Um, another one, uh, we have a young man. I should tell one about a girl, <laughs> but that's what comes to my mind is, well, it's a brother and a sister. We've actually known this brother and sister for, wow, since 2014, the very first year they came. And real quickly about the sister 
The only time we ever saw her was at, that week at camp. She had she did not know about God, did not know about anything of um, how he cares for her and loves her. Except for that week at camp, she kept coming. And after several years of coming, she found K-Love on the radio. Uh-huh. She knows every song that plays on K-Love radio. Uh-huh. So that's, would... that's a Christian radio station oh, in Alaska? Yes, yes. sorry. Okay. K-Love. Yes. Okay. That is a Christian radio station in Alaska. It's like his radio. Okay, here, local. Yep, okay. yep. Caleb. And so uh, she would read all the material we gave her. She would read the Bibles we gave her. And... I was floored when she would come and know all the songs to the radio. We, we, we had the opportunity to give her a mentor one year as well, and they would just sing the camp songs and the radio songs out loud, the windows down as they drove along. Uh, and you just love it. Uh, but I was actually going to share a little bit about the, the brother. The brother came uh, many years as well, and then he ended up coming to the teen camp this past August. And um, bless his heart, he and the sister have both been through a lot, um, a lot of drug addiction in their family. They've not known either one of their parents their entire lives, a lot of sadness there. And he's had struggles, behavioral struggles, anger issues, and has been in several residential treatment facilities. And sometimes he gets triggered when he comes to a new environment. And we were at a new campground this year. So the first few minutes he gets off the bus, he's really awkward, so awkward, um, like he's triggered. And he kind of just he throws himself on the ground, and um, everybody else is just getting off the bus and figuring out where their belongings are. And, and he's obviously not comfortable drawing attention to himself and acting out. Well, we get him into the, the medic's room and my assistant director, and they treat him with such respect and care that within 20, 30 minutes, they had completely calmed him down, de-escalated, and he was a totally different person the rest of the week. Um, I, I didn't go into details, but at first he had been saying, no, I don't want food, no, I don't want to participate, no, no, no. Didn't want to do anything but be oppositional. But after 20, 30 minutes of spending time one-on-one with our medic and our assistant director, he realized that we were genuine. We cared about him. We just wanted him to have a joy-filled weekend and time. And from that time on, he was absolutely fantastic. That's right. That's right. That's the power of genuine love, isn't mm-hmm. it? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, now, Rachel, what what's the, the biblical worldview that guides everything that you, you do with REACH 907? The biblical worldview I have, and I'm sure you know well, Dad, um, is that God created the world, and He loves the world. He loves us. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that we would not perish but have everlasting life for those who believe in Him. And um, that's... That's my worldview for the children we serve is that they would know a Heavenly Father that absolutely adores them and believes in them and wants the best for them. Um, and we have several verses as well that we hold to as an agency, as a ministry. And those are Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. And that's exactly what we want for the kids and the teens that we serve. He's father to the fatherless, sets the lonely in families, 
sets the prisoners free and gives them joy, Psalm 68, 5 through 6. And um, those children desperately need all of that, don't they? Yes. They desperately need it. And they find it with Reach 907 with you and your counselors and your volunteers. That is our great hope and yeah. our great effort you know, towards just that, yes. In the book of James, it says that this is pure and undefiled religion to visit the widows and the orphans and to keep oneself unspotted by the world. That's and, you James know, 127. That's one of our core one of scriptures as well. Yes. Yeah, and I love that verse because it's such a, a, a needful ministry. And when when we do those things, God blesses us and he blesses the people that we minister to, but it gives us credibility. You know, when we take care of the widows and the orphans, while at the same time keeping ourselves unspotted from the world, that means we have pure motives. You know, we don't have ulterior motives. Then it, it, I always tell my, my church folks that, that credibility flows out of ministry. And evangelism, genuine evangelistic opportunities flow out of ministry. And when we're ministering to the widows and the orphans, and not and not just them, I'm talking about the ex-cons and the unmarried uh, uh, pregnant women and the drug addicts and the alcoholics and those with psychiatric issues, it doesn't matter who they are, those that are on the margin of society, when we minister to them from a pure heart, then God gives us credibility. You're ministering to the heart of God. That's right. And then evangelistic opportunities flow Mm -hmm. out of those ministry opportunities. And it's not just to them, but it's their extended family. Mm -hmm. Because most of them have an extended family that are exhausted. Oh, do you know who calls me now? (laughs) Grandma. Grandma. Exactly right. Grandma calls me. I'm her number one calls. She calls when she's having a struggle. Because all all of them are exhausted from dealing with their issues. Mm -hmm. And when you come alongside them... They love you. And then when you start talking to them about the fruits of the Spirit and how to be filled with the Spirit so that they can minister to their family member who has chronic issues, they listen. They listen because you now have credibility because you've stepped in the gap with them. You got down in the muck and the mud with them. Root, hog, or die, you're there beside them. And all of a sudden, they'll listen to you because you've got credibility. And that's what y'all do at Reach 907. And I've seen it. I've, I've seen how y'all do. And I, I tell you what, I really value the ministry that you have. Now, let me ask you this, Rachel. If, if my listeners wanted to give a contribution to Reach 907 to help you do what y'all do, how, how would they send you a contribution um, in the mail or on the Internet? How would they do that? You easily can find us. We are online. We're also on Facebook. Our web address is www.reach907ak.org. And then um, you look us up on Facebook, Reach907. Look me up on Facebook, Rachel Olson. Um, it's a mighty pretty face. I will tell you that. <laughs> I'm kind of biased to that. But if you see that pretty face, you'll want to give money immediately. <laughs> oh, She's thanks. pretty like her mama. Uh, yeah, those are ways to give, though. All right. Well, you're uh, listening to an interview with my lovely daughter, Rachel Olson. We've been talking about REACH 907, the foster care ministry that she uh, directs there in Alaska. Uh, This is More Than Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Jackson. Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information about the Jackson Family Ministry, Dr. Jackson's books, 
or to schedule a speaking engagement, go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production at bobsloan.com.